Welcome to the Cosmic Brew Show! What's up, Kaz? What is up, my brother? How are you doing? Uh, well, I'm great. Now we've done two shows in a row. I know. Look at us. Look at us. Uh, Keeping pace. It's long are the days when we do uh, we did 20 or 30 team previews in a weekend, but, you know, we're, we're getting that. <laughs> yeah, we're crazy. <laughs> we're crazy. We're <laughs> crazy. Baby steps. Baby steps. Uh, how you been, man? Uh, you know, this was an, a very uh, interesting week, obviously, with uh, the, the big news of uh, um, Kobe's passing. But, uh, you know, other than that, you know, uh, just moving, moving on. <laughs> the the old other than that. Um, yeah, no, uh, we're going to talk Kobe Bryant in this show. Um, I personally have I had like one media hit where I, I got a chance to talk about him and um it, I, I guess I won't even get into that, but it's just really hard to talk about him. Um, and it's been hard to just be in this industry for the last couple days, a um, few days now, almost a week, um, just because it's just so enormous um, what's happened. And it's a phenomena kind of uh, going across the world even. Um, also talk some Zion and Ja, uh, talk some Damian Lillard and some all-star stuff. But... Um, I don't know where you want to go first, Cause. Um, I, I love, let's talk about Jaw and and Zion here real quick because we got a lot of ground to cover here in this pod. Um, last night they played each other. Uh, they they were really friendly towards each other. I thought that was just sort of an interesting, weird little subplot. Um, they were actually talking about their friendship in terms of like two guys that really don't talk, <laughs> which I just thought. Uh, did you catch any of that in the? I mean, I saw that they had, they played together on AAU, before, you know, when they were I think I think when they were sophomores and juniors, I think they played on the same AAU team. That's so crazy. They, yeah, so they know each other, but uh, yeah, that's crazy because I feel bad for the other team. Um, I just thought it was funny because like they were the media was trying to manufacture a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> these two guys <laughs> and Zion Zion has that like I'm too honest with the press still thing going on <laughs> and he's like well I text him but but, but not that often you know but we, we do text sometimes <laughs> isn't it funny like now it's like it used to be where like you know the magic bird days and before you know you know Michael and the Pistons is like you had to like go out of your way to prove how much you hated your rivals. And now it's like now, and then, then that's, that seems like it's gone like so far the other way. And now it's like, even if you don't hate the other person, but you, you love them, you have to go out of your way to show that you do really love them. And that like, you're like best friends with them. The game <laughs> has crazy. changed like that. That's the, I, I mean, I, times are just changing. I, the, the, this is ratings are down and i love saying that because i feel like we can say that about anything now anything we don't yeah. like about the game we can just say this is why nba ratings are down i got tweeted at by two dudes that are in the basketball space last night because it's something i said um about hassan whiteside and it they completely had my side of of what i was saying totally misconstrued and they ran off and i'm sitting there thinking you know there there however many thousands of followers like think that i am you know, a certain position about Hassan Whiteside. 
and and they have no idea that I'm the exact opposite position just because these guys pulled a, qu- a tweet out of uh, context. And I, and I almost wanted to say this is why NBA ratings are down. <laughs> just because, it, it, the, yeah, you could use that for anything. Anything you don't like about whatever, just that's why NBA ratings are down. Um, but, but, next time, I, next time I, I get a car that I have, and there's some issues early on, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, well, this is why NBA ratings are down. <laughs> It, it, it I, can't, is. I can't trust a, a carburetor anymore. You know? <laughs> this is the exact reason. I, and, and I just don't even know if NBA ratings are down. Like, there's a no, couple of sports I, business guys that are out there that would probably know this. Yeah, I, I don't know that they are either. I think they may have been down from like, like last year a little bit because of the Warriors not being around. But I don't know that they're down. I wonder, I think everybody says this about their own personal, whatever their, whatever space they're in the Twitter, you know, like the a, a baseball Twitter, football Twitter, they all probably think their own Twitter is the worst. Yeah. Um, but like Twitter to me reminds me, like I was thinking about the movie Dazed and Confused. And you remember yeah. the scene where the nerd, well, there was a couple nerds in there, but he's like all fired up and he wants to go fight the dude. And is it Silverman, Jonathan Silverman? Is the actor? I've only seen it once, and that was twenty years ago. <laughs> oh my god! Just once? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll just sum this up for you. Nerd gets courage, goes and hits this one dude who clearly fights all the time, then gets pummeled. <laughs> ben Affleck? No, no, that no, he's he's also classic in that movie. That was. Um, if you watch that movie and watch Ben Affleck's role and then to just like think that he would become world famous Ben Affleck, that, uh, that, that was a tough leap. If you were in the generation of like, we were unlike cause that watched it like 50 times. Um, but I digress. We got off track. Anyway, John, John, um, Zion was, was, I got to tell you, man, I know Zion is crazy good. But when I watch Jaw play, my jaw drops. It's it's. He's interesting. He's he's uh, he's he's uh, he's slithery and savvy, he's which I like. That he's, athleticism, he's, he's, man. But he's got an old man's game. Like he has he has some old man savvy, and then at the end. He's like a jaw-dropping athlete, so it's a pretty. Uh, Did you see the dunk where he cocked it all the way back? Just last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm trying to think of other players that had that sort of and and because it's so like elastic and Gumby-ish, like um, mm-hmm. I started asking myself, was Stacy Ogman like that? Because I can't remember Stacy Ogman's game mm-hmm. that well because it was kind of pre highlight or pre media. Yeah was pretty athletic and pretty long i think his his stuff looks you know like a lot of times like shorter guys in dunk contests just look better because they look like they're traveling farther and then like he i think the fact that he's so slender makes everything look crazy you know like you know he's so like he's so skinny like his shoulders are skinny you know and he just like and he seems like his arms are longer than they probably really are. Like he just like his legs seem to be like is all. It, 
I wonder if, if if it is that, then he's just getting an amazing boost on everything he's doing. Like he's making normal plays look crazy because of that elasticity. And but no, I no, I believe it's not that. I believe that it's the like he has this gear that makes me think. Okay, well, what if he does develop a higher end jump shot? You know, what if Zion? You know, to pivot back to him. I mean, God, he looks heavy still, and I, I can't. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is that my eyes? Like this is him. Are get you, over it. Yeah. To, to quote the great Mick, Nick Mulvaney, get over it. Yeah. He looks <laughs> thick. I wonder. Um, they, they it has to be addressed. I mean, I don't think he has a chance at multiple years of even like sixty-five game seasons if he does not lose weight. Right. Like, I, it just it does not seem possible that you could put that kind of stress on your joints and your back and have a productive, meaningful career that you can be counted on to make deep playoff runs in. So I don't know if he's got to go vegan or what, but he's and the thing that people like there's still kind of an old school mentality at times of like that bigger means stronger, like. If Zion can squat 600 pounds and he loses 25 pounds, he's still going to be able to squat 600 pounds. You know, there's not, there's, there's, there's no, he, he, he's not going to become less strong because he loses weight, you know? So, I, I mean, maybe people don't bounce off him quite the way they do, but it, it's, it's, I just, I just don't see it if he doesn't get that weight down. I mean, um, and, and it's shown up in film, like he's not wanting to get up and down the court with, the the pace of the game and, and it's like, okay look he's within a week of his return you know so probably not in the best basketball shape but when you have the two things side side by side the weight and he can't like sort of turn and run or turn and sprint you know there's plays where he looks completely winded and yeah. the, what's the expiration date on that like two weeks from his return you know on on how long you should cut him slack you know, for not being in basketball shape. Cause like, I, I don't know, you know, way back in the day for it, it felt like I was in basketball shape, maybe four to five days after, you know, taking what? time off. Now that granted it didn't take as much time off as he did. So, <laughs> but presumably think, he's been working his way up, you know? Yeah. But I think it's going to take a while. I, I, I would, I would still, I would probably give him somewhere between, you know, I'd probably give him close to a month just because of the way they're playing him, too. They're not giving him real basketball stretches, you know? So, like, the first step is, like, okay, we're going to give him these four-minute spurts, and then they've got to adjust it at some point. Maybe, I'm, and I don't know that they are going to adjust it, but at some point they're going to have to adjust, like, okay, you got to play a six-minute spurt. Okay, you got to play an eight-minute. You know, and that's when we'll see the effects of the way, because I think he'll get these, he'll get in shape with these four minute spurts, but it's when they start adjusting when they're trying to win a game and they save him, and he's got to play 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. That's when I think we'll see just how this weight thing is going to, um, how that's going to affect his ability to, to move over a long period of time on a basketball court. Yeah. I, I, I just came away from that, that game just thinking well cause's prediction about job possibly being better is definitely still in in play um you know that 
and, and it's it even got to the point as I was watching where I was asking myself, which player would I want to build my franchise around? You know, because <laughs> yeah. like on one hand, you look at I look at John, I go, just put it in the book and send it to the line. You know, like I literally like I, I have zero doubt he's going to be. It, uh, able to carry a team as like its second or at worst third best player, but probably their first best player for mm. the next 10 to 15 years, you know, barring injury. I look at that and I go, yep, that's just locked, you know, um, with Zion. I obviously look at that and go, that could be amazing, but <clears throat> you know, it could also end in three years, you know, it could end in five years, you know, based on an, uh, probably some sort of an injury due to the weight. Um, so we'll we'll watch that, um, and I'll save the Jackson Hayes stuff. I I don't think you've probably heard about the Jackson Hayes stuff since we're talking no. New Orleans. We'll talk about that during All Star. It's pretty funny, cause. Um, but Kobe Bryant, um, this deserves some time, and um, I don't know about you, cause, but it's, I'm sitting there on Sunday, just settling in, and my phone, you know, gives me this notification, and. I just, I, I've never had to triple take like that in my life. I don't think. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, and my phone had rung within like, I want to say a minute it, uh, of the first tweet that went out by TMZ. So when I, I saw it, when it finally registered and then I clicked into Twitter, like it was still chaos. Like people were saying, you know, WTF, like, and, and then came the misinformation, um, you know, involving Rick Fox and sort of sorting it all out. Um, and then from there, we sort of just have gone through this week where nobody really kind of knows what to do, though there is the the backbone of the NBA, you know, ushering things along from, you know, whether it's a cancellation of a, a Laker Clipper game to last night's, amazing tribute um you know prior to the lakers and uh blazers game but kobe you know you're a lakers fan you probably have as good an insight on him as anybody out there um what were your first thoughts when it came to this and 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 what's it been like this week well my first thoughts were kind of like you like i was I was taking a nap. My boys were watching some Disney movie and I was taking a nap and then they were waking me up because it was over. And so like I turned off the like Disney channel and that was what was on. You know, it was like, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, dead at 41. And I must have read it like seven times. Like I'm like, you know, like it just was not like clicking in that this was like a real thing, you know, I'm it was like, if I kept on reading it, then it's not, you know, really going to happen, you know? So it's just like a, you know, just a jolt, you know? And, um, uh, you know, I was watching uh, Rachel Nichols, who was uh, having a very difficult time, um, you know, getting through it because they were very close. And um, uh, it was just, I don't know, like, it's kind of been weird, I, you know, because you kind of, like I was telling somebody, I kind of feel like, he was somebody that like we went to high school with that we were friendly with, but not friends, you know, but you, you were like, Oh, you know, that's, you know, it's Kobe. Cause 
you know, we're in that age range, you know, we're like, you know, he, he kind of like, you know, when I, when he came into the league, you know, I was still an athlete, you know? And so like, I was, you know, at the Santa Rosa junior college trying to work my butt off so I could get a scholarship. And then this guy is like in the NBA. So like I had an immediate, you know, admiration for him. Cause it was like, dude, this, I know how hard I'm working. so this guy must be just like something, you know? And, uh, it's just been uh, it's been kind of crazy just thinking about, you know, and I think, I don't know, I might have been different before, but now as a family person, it's very difficult, you know, thinking about the people, all the people that were um, on the plane and the holes that are left, you know, in these people's lives, you know, the family that's still there that actually, you know, knew the pe- person, you know, and... Um, so, so my emotions were a lot of like, not just about him, but I think just kind of like looking at your own mortality a lot and, you know, kind of appreciating things, you know, and, you know, because, you know, thinking about, you know, stupid times you were mad at somebody or, you know, and it's like so much you care about and you're just like, golly, who cares? You know, like that was a that was a waste of two weeks. I didn't talk to that person or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, who cares about the stupid thing? You know, well, so my, it's just kind of been a crazy. They've been all over the place. You know, <clears throat> just hacked into the thing, and I'm not going to edit that out. You guys can listen to my guttural sounds. Um, oh, even it, it, it's uh, there's a lot to what you just said, and it feels like everybody. I mean, this is a high profile death, um, you know, and I'm trying, I'm struggling to think of the last times that we've had this kind of a high profile death, you know, that, that yeah. goes all the way around the world when you consider Kobe's impact in China and, yeah. you know, just across the world. I mean, there was a tribute in the Philippines where they the artists uh, near a, like a, I'm pretty sure a pretty famous basketball court over there. Like we just repainted that thing in a day or something, and it's one of the most compelling pieces of art you could see. Um, they love their basketball in the Philippines, and um, you know Kobe's like a god over there. So I mean, this goes all the way around the world, and so everybody's kind of collectively. And again, I'm really struggling to think of the last time there was an just a high profile person that that passed in this fashion that captivated the world's attention. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, I mean, the most recent huge person, I think, was Muhammad Ali, but he was older. John Lennon has come up. Yeah, John Lennon would be the more accurate one because it was, again, he was only, like, 40 as well and very unexpected, very shocked. Like, even, like, like, you know, Michael Jackson was huge, but he was in his 50s and, like, Michael Jackson. People might have expected that one. Yeah, it wasn't like because he's so he was so weird <laughs> that it wasn't like, you know, it was. I think people's feelings were jolted and hurt, but it wasn't like. You know, and footnote, star, footnote you know, that star, you know, it's it's you know things happen to them at a strangely awful rate, you know. So it wasn't like like this, you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. No. Footnote. Footnote that point about Michael um, Jackson. Um, so I, I mean, so many different layers here 
to go through. And, and the one that I think maybe might be most important is why people all around the world, I mean, there are people that don't know him really in even like the basket, I watch basketball since, you know, they just sort of know him as Kobe Bryant. Right. And that alone, um, you know, people having that experience that you've had where, you know, you're thinking about all those times that you didn't tell somebody that you love them, all those times that you were mad at somebody and this kind of idea of reconciliation um, and, and this, the sudden and uncertain nature of life, you know, when, when this guy who you, you think of people with that kind of money and fame and, you know, you almost think of like they get driven from one place to the next in some black armored vehicle, you know, they have right. security flanking them at every step, you know, they, yeah. they just this, it's a meant, and this isn't always the way that it is, but it's, you know, that's what you think. And you think, so this person has like zero chance of ever having anything bad right. happen to them. That's the person, you know, that it happens to. And everybody sort of has been coming to grips with their mortality. They've been coming to grips with the idea of making amends. Um, and they've, they've been coming to grips with, you know, we'll go, go right to the Michael Jackson footnote, you know, coming to grips with the idea that we are all not perfect. Yes. The idea that, that, that people have layers, they can make mistakes. Um, you know, the, the, this sort of duality of good and bad in people's lives. Um, it's incredibly hard to reconcile in real time unless you have sort of come to peace with the idea that judging other people is not really the greatest business to be in. You, you, <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a bad position to be in, in the sense that you yourself, you know, you're not perfect. <laughs> right. Far from it. And, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, the last thing on that is just like, unless you want to live to that standard, you know, being perfect, which a lot of people try to do, not many do it. I don't think anybody really, but you know, that's been sort of, you know, people, I'm, I'm watching people work through that. And that's actually something about this death has been really, you know, you know, if Kobe's looking down and he's seeing all this going down, he's got to be pretty happy with the idea that he is helping an entire world work through that concept. You know, yeah. you can't look at him with his daughters and and really, I mean, you can't. It, it, I, obviously, not everything's what you see, right? Right. But what you do see, like that, I mean, he was a very good dad is what it looks like to me. And yeah. so I, I, it's, people are really getting through this, like, okay, I get it. You had this past, you know, and, and people can say whatever they want to say about that is completely fair, you know? Right. Right. But at the end of the day, you have to get to the point where you go, you know, he, he lived life in a way that I would want, you know, for me myself as a father, that's what, that's the goal that I'm aspiring to. Right. So, um, 
that's been interesting, you know? Yeah, I, I was really, you know, because a lot of articles came up, uh, you know, bringing up obviously his past. And I was, you know, that, that first, um, when I first you know, heard the news from, you know, Rachel Nichols, you know, someone I was thinking about, you know, her, Rachel Nichols and Ramona Shelbourne and specifically, you know, like they're as good, if not better than, you know, 90% of the industry. And Kobe Bryant was very instrumental of them being seen. You know, like he gave them so many interviews and so much credibility, you know, that, you know, their talents were able to be seen on a much bigger stage because they were able to have access to him. Um, and, you know, a lot with, you know, he was been in, you know, maybe one of the most visible NBA players at WNBA games, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he's been, you know, and they, they had a very nice, you know, what they put out was very nice and very true. And he, you know, he's been, you know, and I, you know, I, obviously it comes from, you know, having daughters, you know, he, he was, you know, it was very, he was very, very supportive and very visible. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, you learn quick. I hope everyone <laughs> could have, you know, some, uh, self-reflection because uh you know yeah we, we are all not perfect and um you know but we're very judgy as a society like yeah like like and and it's i think we're seeing a there's something there's something happening right now and i don't know what it is in this decade you know or last five years or last three point whatever um where I mean, you, you heard Barack Obama come out and make comments on like, look, guys, if if we can't, you know, if we are constantly at each other in that way, you know, and just going to throw stones and, and, yeah. and live in our glass houses is paraphrasing here like that, that we're never, ever going to evolve. We're never, ever going to get anything done. And that it's, it's a, a divisiveness based on judgment that right. is is something we're fighting right now and that's where this to me like i i get log jammed and i haven't really had a forum like this to just sort of riff on it um on is this death a transcendent moment in our culture that actually creates some amount of change or do we in two days forget it happened and move on like everything else that you know that we do because of busy lives and and not having the ability to focus yeah, my my initial belief is yes it'll be in two days no one will uh be be as reflective i mean that's just the way that uh that we are programmed our brains now you know where i mean things just it's just tough for things to linger i guess um yeah it's, that's interesting there's a lot i mean i didn't think this there's was a, gonna go this way but you know, I was I was watching. Uh, there was a very good interview with uh, <laughs> with Monica Lewinsky on um, John Oliver. I don't know if you caught that. It was a while ago, and you know, he said something. And if you if you listen to her and you and you listen to the interview, you can't help but to like her. She's extremely charming and extremely intelligent. And you know what he said was that imagine the stupidest thing you've ever done. Mm. The entire world knows about it. 
It's like not the stupidest thing that you've ever been caught doing, but the <laughs> absolute stupidest thing you've ever done. You know, and we all <laughs> have had things that we've taken to the grave with us, probably. You know, and the you know, and so and I don't want to make light of you know the allegations against him. You know, uh, that that's not. I, I hope that's not um, what I'm doing. Is you know, as people have said, oh, you know, why you know you can't bring this up. It was that many years ago. Well, if it was true, it wasn't that many years ago for the person, you know, for um, the alleged victim. So I, I don't want to make light of that. But um, I, I think that, you know, we can all kind of, uh, you know, look at ourselves and, you know, like what you said, people are layered, you know, <laughs> people are layered and we're complex. And, um, you know, hopefully people will will take some time and continue with and, reconciliation and uh and self-reflection in in his progress i mean people are going to write about this for years and make movies and and really dig in and get deep with this because i think there's just it's rich rich um life material like his progression from i mean and let's talk about his progression here um like i had been asked what my favorite Kobe moments were. And I had to think, and because you had actually, you started down this road when we started this, you talked about being at Santa Rosa JC. I was, I think in, in my senior year in high school watching the air balls. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't get this 24 seven you know, experience way back when, and arguably our lives were probably way better 20 years ago um, because of that. But like turning on the Lakers in Utah, um, and I just watched this the other night, so um, it's it's all fresh now. But like, what I remember before rewatching it was just how badly the Lakers needed him. Like, here's this kid that I didn't know know much about. I didn't even know if he had played really that year. And you know right. probably better than I do. Yeah, he did he play? play? Yeah, he was. The thing about it, so like, you know, that was a very those teams. Uh, were very very talented. They were extremely young, and we the Lakers had Nick Van Exel, and Nick Van Exel was excellent in those situations. For a guy that was only like six three, he could get a shot off on anyone. He was very clutch. So, as a Laker fan, and I, we were all pretty like disturbed because Kobe, I think, only played like seven to ten minutes a game or something like that. So it was very shocking that he called those plays for Kobe. And then in the press conference, Del, and I like Del Harris as the coach. I, I like him. I, I think he, I don't know, he's older now, but I thought he kind of disappeared way too soon in, in coaching. But he, you know, like he was like, he like doubled and tripled down on you. He was like, I have no regrets whatsoever about calling those plays. And we're just like, dude, what are you, crazy? You put some 17, you know, some 18-year-old kid who hardly gets off the floor and you give him the two big the, the two shots to save your season and you know but of course like looking back now of course he called those plays for him <laughs> you know like he knew what he had you know he saw him every day you know of course you call those plays for Kobe Bryant my but, like, <laughs> oh, my only thought or that I have in this brain of mine back to those games was that I remember that nobody else could get their shot off against the Jazz yeah, they were. It was kind of crazy because that was the because they had just the Lakers were 
kind of still seen as this like um or maybe that was the year after because they lost twice in a row to the jazz swept both times <laughs> and the, the uh the second year was like uh the lakers had a they upset um i think seattle they, they beat seattle and so everyone was like here they come and like really trounced them and so it seemed like the Lakers weren't going to like be, you know, everyone was already crowning them as going to the finals. And then the Utah just just beat the crap out of them again. And so like as a collective, they were really, you know, kind of, a, you know, Shaq was really getting tagged with the, the loser can't get it done thing. So now he's been swept, I think, like three times, you know, um, in his career. Uh you know, they, they had all this craziness and they fired Del Harris and they had Rambus come in and then they brought Dennis Rodman in. And like, it was just this like crazy time for the Lakers. And, you know, luckily, you know, they had Jerry West to kind of get the ship right. And, you know, he brought Phil Jackson in and the rest is history. But there was it, it very if the Lakers weren't as steady as they were as an organization at the time. Who knows what would have happened? Like, who knows if they if they could have just thrown their hands up and traded everybody? You know, who knows? You know, who knows what could have happened? But they were a mess. You know, <laughs> they were a mess. What was was Shaq on the floor for for that for his his air balls? I, I'm I'm forgetting I, the I'm chronology. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he was on the floor. I don't know if he because it wasn't like they didn't do the um, people hadn't quite started doing hack a Shaq off the ball yet. That was more like um, yeah, that was that was a, a while. It was later. a couple years later. There was well, they, they did it. I think Indiana. There was a game where they, I believe it's the longest finals game ever. Where they, they, I think he went to the line like forty five times or something crazy like that. You know, they just kept on doing it, and they were the first people to really exploit that rule as like, you know, a part of their game plan. You know, like everyone else was kind of like, when he gets the ball too low, we'll foul. You know, and they everyone had like four centers, but. So I, I want to say he was on the floor, but I doubt that he was involved in the play whatsoever because he, he didn't want him touching the ball at that point. So, um, well, yeah, uh, it was. I mean, the video was astounding. First of all, that crowd was so loud. <laughs> I mean, and I don't know what. I mean, maybe that's. I think the arena is the same. I mean, you know, the so. the old school arenas they carry the sound so much better. Um, yeah. But uh, so, I mean, he, he, the first one was this little turnaround Jordan-esque, like, you know, elbow jumper where he got all the separation he needed. Like he literally did everything right, right. just came up short. And yeah. the next one was this uh, wide open look. And and it was the kind of look that was like when the ball got passed to him, you're sitting there going, well, it doesn't get much better than that. And yeah. <laughs> and you you go, this is a huge shot as he's loading up. <laughs> <laughs> then it just falls way short. Way short. Like way short. <laughs> if you've ever been in a, I, I don't know if you've airballed in a game like that, but it is like the worst feeling. Like yeah, it's. I just, don't think. I, I don't think I have like that. <laughs> that, was a, that was pretty. Those were pretty big misses. It looked like he never shot a ball before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then he came back and shot two more and. That um, that was the beginning, and 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 what it sort of his chase. There's a great video right now that's floating around of him and Michael basically 
the camera will take video of Michael and then switch it over to video of Kobe highlights. And they're doing the same exact stuff to the T. So he, he completely patterned his game off of Michael Jordan in, yeah. in many respects. And that at the time was the number one question of the day was who was going to be the next Jordan. Right. And so his pursuit of this Jordan-esque mentality ended up becoming Mamba mentality. And, and you'd said in, in the open or at some point in time during this, um, basically, uh, oh, now I'm losing my thought here. Scratch that, you know, I'll come back to that. With his progression sort of walking down Michael Jordan's, you know, path, he developed this Mamba mentality that, that more or less like it's the reason why we all right now are looking at him now after the fact and, and just really being grateful for the game that he played. Like he was tenacious every yeah. single night. Didn't, didn't, didn't want, I'm sorry. didn't want to take games off. You know, he, yeah. he wanted to beat you no matter what. Like yeah. that, that's so different than what you were talking about earlier about players being friends and, you know, just this, like, it's the list of people who get after it like that is dwindling yeah. in the NBA. And so he went down this road that, I mean, it was really a strange fit and that's kind of this thing. The, with you, the thing that I was thinking of that I couldn't remember is you're talking about like, um, you know, people are friends, but they're not really friends. And yeah. Kobe, because he was just different. Yeah. Like, I don't I, think he connected with people really like on that, that kind of one-to-one level. Right. Not, I don't think teammates as much. And I don't think rivals, I think, I think the, the last few years, of, I mean, I think after like some of those Olympics started to get a little bit better at it. And I think certainly since he's retired and the guys that have worked out with him um, and I, and I, it's his, but, but therein exactly. lies sort of the lesson, right? Like, so coming back to what LeBron James said last night after the game, he, he, LeBron talked about how he went to go see his son play and it was two hours away. And he more or less said that we sucked when when we played that game because I went and I saw my son play mm-hmm. and there's this like the, 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 and I have to make this bigger here. I've often thought that the best of us in, in like sport, whatever journalism, you know, go down the road, like this grind that people put themselves through. It's not healthy, you know, it's, Sure, sure. The, the the best people that you've seen at like a given thing, there might not be the healthiest sort of trail behind them. Right. And at some point in time, Kobe, like especially after the allegations, especially after he was vilified at that point, what he did is kind of the through line through all of this is is him wanting to be perfect, him wanting to be the next Michael Jordan. I mean, some of the commercials when he was younger were hilarious. There's the one where he's like a philosopher. The Adidas, yeah, that was like one of the worst commercials of like, like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? 
I think I saw that thing twice in college. You know, who's watching TV in college? There's too much to do. And I, I think I stopped and like, what? Off the air. It was a terrible commercial. It was so bad. But even in that, though, even in that, his his he was trying to be a philosopher at age what nineteen, and telling telling you how it is, and um, <laughs> even like he was always preaching. He, he like 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 all like the last five years. He you know everything um, his his film he made you know. <laughs> Like he's he's giving all these lessons, so there's all these quotes that they can pull from, you know, of Kobe talking about stuff. And the yeah. crazy thing there is, a lot of stuff he said is pretty damn brilliant. There's some stuff where you look at it and you go, "Yeah, Kobe, you might be a little bit, you know, on one with this." Um, you know, you're talking about yourself in the third person again. You know, you gotta maybe maybe cool it there. Um, but so he goes through this progression of of being. Um, you know, I want to be Michael Jordan. I want to beat Michael Jordan. And, and uh, yeah, that, that's just, that's very strange. Like that, like, I think he's unique even from Michael in that way. And from certainly any, like people don't do that. Like he and LeBron do it. I don't, I don't even think LeBron has ever been so adamant that he I think other people have projected on LeBron and I think he wants to be the best player he can be, but I don't recall LeBron like verbally making it clear that he in, has all intention I, of being greater than Michael Jordan. I was speaking less about like the chase for Jordan and more about like these two dudes came up in a time where sports illustrated was still King, you know, the, the like ESPN highlights were still King, you know? And so like, they're the stories about these two guys. Like when, once Kobe took, made, had the airball shots and people realized how good he was, you know, that he was this sort of force du jour, the between him and LeBron, the hype was, I mean, it's think of the Zion hype right now. No, I, no, I, I get that. I'm, I'm talking about, but he, I feel embraces it. Like he em- embraced it in a much more in a much greater way than LeBron does. Totally agree. Totally you know, agree. He's not he has never like had a minute of humility about that. He is absent. People like when you come out of you're not gonna be as good Mark. He's like, I am absolutely gonna be better than Michael Jordan. And people don't do like you never heard like Justin Timberlake or Usher going like, dude, I am definitely gonna sell more albums than Michael Jordan. But I wonder what the They're position like, oh, one does that? Like, you know, no one says like, you know, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna make everyone's gonna forget that Steven Spielberg ever made a movie when I'm done with my career. Like, no one does that. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, but what what I'm saying is, I wonder how much <clears throat> the the fame bubble, you know, pushed him because like people knew who he was so early in life. Same with LeBron. You know, we didn't know. I mean, Zion's crazy, right? He's like a next, you know, poss- he's possibly in this rare era that we're talking about with these guys. And and really, like I didn't know about Zion until like he stepped foot into the NBA. Um, I've known about him since he was a sophomore in high school or junior in high school. Well, you cover a lot more college and, and lower level basketball than I do. Maybe that's because I work in the industry and that's all we you know look at. But my point being is like, I mean, he, he took Brandy to the prom. You know, like there is yes. this fame yeah. bubble that I wonder, like when you know that you're as good as they are 
at basketball. I mean, would you just know by this is how I play and nobody ever beats me. Um, and then you have all of the endorsements and you have all of the weight of the NBA behind you, pushing you up onto this platform and people are treating you like a God, you know, before you're 18 or 19 years old. To me, that seems like fertile ground for somebody to develop this sort of, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to go as far as to call it like a God complex, but a, a complex that I'm here to do something special and I'm, you know, here to preach a little bit, you know, about well, it. I, I don't, I don't think so. Because I, I, he's not the first hyped up person. Like, and I, you know, there's a lot of people that have that opportunity and are really good at So what made him different is like, he never, he never settled. <clears throat> that, and like his, I think all of his like preachy stuff, that's just like, I mean, I don't, I don't think that I think if he was your next door neighbor who was a, you know, in and out of work, I think he'd still be doing that. I mean, I just think that he just, you know, there's, there's plenty of <laughs> preachy people that aren't, <laughs> that aren't very famous, but I think there's been a lot of people who have had opportunity athletically, um, you know, a lot of God given talent to, to be special. Like, you know, you're talking about how he patterned all after Michael but like he also like he he every summer came back with different stuff like he took a lot of stuff like he I remember him talking in an interview about how Manu Ginobili dribbles in front of his body a lot to get people to reach and stuff and how he says very difficult and it keeps you off balance and then like a couple years later he was doing that when when Dirk beat the crap out of them the next the next year he had a flawless Dirk, you know, one-legged jumper that actually was, like, better than Dirk's. So, like, I, I think his greatness certainly came from the confidence that of his work. You know, I think, I think of the God Pop, I mean, I think you're right in a sense that, like, people worship celebrities a lot. So, like, you know, people... People like a celebrity will say something like like the tech guys are great. Like Elon Musk and one of them will say the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life. And people are like, oh, yeah, you know, Elon Musk said I should have, uh, you know, um, Elon Musk drinks uh, carrot juice and eggs. Uh, so, uh, you know, every, obviously, if I do that, that's going to be, you know, like people do. So I, I can I understand that being famous, like helps push that along. But I think the genesis of you know, his greatness and being special came from his work ethic. So uh, we, we just had a little tech glitch there, but um, basically what, um, where we were going with this is, you know, Kobe sort of um, after the incident, he really became Black Mamba and started not really giving a F about anything and everything, what people thought of him and he really got after it, you know, like, and at the same time, you know, he's been a father, you know, for a few years and he's, he's becoming this father of four girls. And, and I wonder what impact that had, you know, well, I don't wonder, I, I have a pretty strong idea, you know, being a new father myself, what the, what that does to a person, you know, in terms of getting you to sort of, move towards the light 
and 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 figuring stuff out and this is the big pivot in his life where he started becoming a little bit more approachable and there's probably a trend line in there of, of how his relationships improved as a result of that but both he and you know and and probably to a lesser degree lebron but like the thing with kobe that that i think really put him at that next level in a lot of people's minds was that he was striving for this greatness and he did not stop to smell the roses. He did not stop for, to make those personal relationships in, in many cases. And you saw the reconciliations of those things start to play out like him and Shaq, you know, a couple years ago on NBA TV. Um, the, the, the pivot towards wanting to, to do dad things you know, and the pivot towards wanting to help other people and, you know, in this new direction that he was taking his life. And, and like you said earlier in the show, um, you know, helping the WNBA, you know, and, and being this example for his daughter, you know, going on, on talk shows and, and relaying stories about his daughter, you know, wanting to be the next Mamba and that whole progression of his life, um, you know, and, and watching LeBron, last night, you know, talk about him in what was really just an amazing ceremony. I don't, did you get a chance to watch it? Cause it, it was, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't really watch it now. I, um, <laughs> I, it, I saw like highlights, but I, I saw the speech. I mean, I, I mean, I saw, I, I don't know. I just didn't. You watch these I things know. and I, I, I mean, I, I, I'll save my story for, for later, but like it, you watch these things and you just go, Oh, I hope they don't screw it up. You know, it's a tribute and, you know, it's like, <laughs> did they bring like Fergie out to sing the national anthem or something? You know, <laughs> like you, you knew they were going to mess this one up, but like you, you, you just watch these things and, and hope that they do the situation justice. And this thing just vastly exceeded anybody's ex- expectations. You know, like they started off with uh, a tribute video, but then, um, you know, they had Usher come on, sing Amazing Grace brought a uh, cellist who the name of the cellist, I can't remember off the top of my head, but between that, um, then having LeBron, LeBron James speak and, and LeBron got out there and really spoke from the cuff. And, um, his words were so pitch perfect for what was needed. And, um, it was just great, I thought, to see like the, the torch that had been passed from Kobe to LeBron and, and watching LeBron after the game, like I said earlier, talk about how he was okay with losing a game to go see his son's basketball game. And he sort of, that was his big message after the, the uh, game. You see these two titans you know, of, of the game go in front of the public the way that they have and sort of you know, the different ways that they've done it um, you know, and, and LeBron gets criticized for all sorts of stuff in the way that he handles things with teammates, organizations. <clears throat> Sometimes he seems like he's maybe a little bit too full of himself, whatever. You know, he went out there and, and really nailed it, you know, on the human level. And that, for both of those guys, has been, you know, the, the big struggle, you know, is them connecting with the fans in, in a way where, you know, Kobe's probably had as many detractors as anybody we've seen in the league. Um, LeBron, not as bad, but, you know, 
there's a lot of people that don't really, you know, that they don't dig LeBron. Um, I find that hard to, 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 I I don't know that Kobe had a very difficult, I mean, like he, I don't, I don't, he's, I mean, Laker fans love him, (laughs) you know, he's loved all. Yeah. I got news for you. There's some people here in Sacramento. No, just that's, but that's different. That's basketball that's different. stuff. That's basketball. That's fandom. I mean, there's there's different than that. I don't know. I think he's not. He he just in general, and I still don't know that he was a very rosy guy, even with the, even no. with this, you know, with with the you know being a dad and stuff. I think I think just I think knowing when you I think whenever you come to the realization that you've got, you know, less time ahead than you you know than you know, there's not a lot left. You cross the halfway that, mark. Yeah, I think that's going to humble anybody, and I, and I think that there's some of that. But I think he was always, you know, there, I think that the connection with people, I think he just wasn't willing to adjust the way he connected with people. Like, if you're, like, to him, being a basketball player was about you spending, you know, 16 hours of your day the 16 hours that you're awake is dedicated to being the greatest player you can be. And, and I think that that just rubs people wrong. And I think that as the guys, as he's opened themselves up to, to, to working out with people, you know, all the, the players, because basically it seems like anybody in the NBA who reached out to him was, could, could work out with him. Which, which is pretty startling because <laughs> I remember uh, one game like it was like hours before the game and they were in Memphis and the Laker radio guys were I'm driving along and the Laker radio guys are interviewing the Memphis guy and the Memphis guy's talking and he like interrupts himself and he's like, you know, I just gotta say, you know, there's there's 13 guys on our team and there's 13 guys on the Lakers and there's only one guy out here working out and it's Kobe Bryant. <laughs> he's just like. He's just like, where is everybody? You know, like the the one guy that could probably take the day off is out here working up a sweat, chucking up shots, you know? And I think, and and so like, I I think that if, I think maybe if guys were, you know, came to his side, you know, as far as that work ethic, he would have had a different perception, you know, like earlier, but he just, he just couldn't fathom that you would, go, you know, two for 12 and you wouldn't spend an extra two hours after the game shooting. That's not, that just was like, so like out to left field. So I think it kind of came off as, and that's hard to deal with, especially if you're a young player, if you're a veteran who thinks you're really, really good, it's hard to deal with, you know? I think we see that in every aspect of life and, and maybe we'll, we'll pivot out of this, you know, on this, um, in like elementary school, if you're the kid that gets straight A's that tries really, really hard, you know, you're getting picked on, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're like at work, you know, and, and not speaking from experience here or anything, but like, if you're like the one that shows up, you know, dressed to impress and everybody else yeah. is like, screw this, I'm wearing shorts, you know? And I remember being in that position when I was really young. Um, and the old dudes are like, you, man, you know, brewski, um, you know, having like that, that whenever you try to excel, 
there's going to be people that are pissed by that. And yeah. you, you as Kobe or you as whoever that person is, like you have a choice. Do you keep doing what you want to do and pissing everybody else off? Or do you kind of sort of fall in line, you know, with, with whatever, you know, and what I, th- and, and I'm making that actually sound like a, it's like a false choice. It's like bad that you would not go the route of like Kobe Bryant, <clears throat> but you're, what Kobe and I think LeBron illustrated last, Kobe illustrated this by sort of backing, dialing it down a few notches towards the end of his life. LeBron mentioning this during last night's uh, postgame comments where he sort of lectured reporters, the world, you know, in a way on this idea that if you're going to mess something up for work or whatever it is that you're doing to go like see your son play, you know, falling short of this high bar of perfection might not be that bad of a thing, you know? (laughs) And that I think it might be one of the lessons that we're all sort of collectively learning aside from like, you know, people have, people are not perfect. People have flaws, you know, um, take advantage of every moment, tell people you love them. Don't get in beefs. You know, this idea that maybe we should just strive to be third best, you know, at everything (laughs) (laughs) instead of being these, these sort of all out, you know, got to win at all costs machines. So I don't know. Did you have any final thoughts on Kobe before we, uh, we'll probably just wrap this up. I might ask you a few questions here or there. Uh, no, no, we will. I think we should wrap the show, but I, I just, my, you know, my last thing I was, you know, I was listening to someone they were talking about, uh, they're asking, you know, what's one word, you know, that that's Kobe, you know, and I was like thinking like, you know, the dude was like prepared, like, you know, and not like on the basketball court, like Isaiah Thomas of the Wizards was talking about working out with him. And he was like, you know, we, we did like a move, one basic move, like 200 <laughs> times, um, you know, like he's just prepared and, and, you know, like he was like, he just did like a two dribbles, stop and float a floater like 200 times in a row and he was and and i was thinking about his you know his post life you know for a guy that's made as much money as him you know like you look at a lot of athletes that are so woefully unprepared for their post-athletic life you know he was like ready to go like he had the guy that he could just he could kick his feet up and not do anything but he was very very prepared for what was coming, you know, after basketball. And, uh, you know, that I think is, is pretty cool, you know, to, to just kind of prepare yourself, you know, for your day, you know, not just, and, and, and you know, prepare yourself and, and have some time set aside for the important things, for your family, for your friends, for your relaxation, whatever. But, you know, being prepared is not a bad thing. Yeah, being intentional is something <clears throat> that I've worked on for probably the last three, four years of my life. Because without being intentional about what you do and why you do it and how you do it, it's really easy, especially when you know the entire world is trying to drag your your attention away from being intentional. You know, those things are are just huge. What no matter what what you're doing in this world, you know, um, making sure you're getting the most out of every moment. Um, you know, and, and doing it for the reasons that you want to do it, not because, you know, you're letting a situation sort of happen to you. Uh, this has been a great show, Cause I, I think, oh. um, 
you, you sound like you got one more thing to throw in yeah, there. Before we just wanted to say, uh, we just, again, want to give our thoughts and prayers to the other uh, you know, victims on the flight. And that's uh, John Carey and Alyssa Altabelli. Uh, John was the junior college coach um, in Orange County for 20 years. His wife and his daughter, who was uh, Kobe's daughter's teammate, uh, Kristen, excuse me, Christina Mauser, who was a, a youth basketball coach, um, Ara Zobayan, who was the pilot, and then uh, Sarah and Peyton Chester. Uh, Peyton, another one of uh, Gianna's uh, teammates, and uh, Sarah, uh, the mother, and uh, of course, Gianna, Brian as well. Um, mm. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all of you and your families. They definitely do. And um, there's a lot more where that came from. And uh, just hopefully you guys get some measure of, of peace over time. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for this show. Um, you know, great show cause uh, definitely appreciate you in my life. The, uh, I love you, brother. The, 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 the shows will roll on. We'll, we'll keep racking these up, putting up our numbers, getting our reps in, <laughs> um, doing that thing that we do. Uh, you can follow us online on Twitter, twitter.com slash show, where we are at about a thousand days without a tweet. Thank you very much. And much more healthy for it. And on facebook.com slash show, where I did see you do something, Kaz. Did you do something with our Facebook account? Well, not, you know, I was... Some someone posted, and I gotta, I gotta, I, I gotta, I responded to dude. Somebody, some a Canadian posted. He did not appreciate that we couldn't say, <laughs> that we couldn't pronounce, or that I couldn't pronounce uh, the one dude on Toronto's name, <laughs> uh, Obi or whatever. Anunabi. Anunabi. He was getting after me a little bit what? on Facebook. <laughs> You know, and I'm not gonna have a job. <laughs> oh, that was from the office, yeah. <laughs> from office space, yeah. So he was getting after uh, me a little bit, but it was all fun. I have to respond to him. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what we do. We're so responsive on these social media channels. Uh, our marketing department might kill us. Um, and online at www.hoop-ball.com. There's all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And, um, you know, try our sponsor out if you are, are into, into gaming over at mybookie.ag. Use the code TODAY. Tell them Kaz and Bruce sent you. Um, another one's in the books, Kaz. Rest in peace, Kobe. Peace. Peace.